everybody. It's Nicole Bonner from Taproot Conversations, and I have an amazing woman with me today, somebody that I've looked up to for years in chiropractic, Dr. Sharon Gorman. Hi, Sharon. Hello there. Good to see you, Nicole. Good to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule um, to just pour into students today. Love students. Me Used too. to be one. <laughs> <laughs> Should I ask how long ago? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Give it a well, shot. See if I answer. <laughs> I graduated before you were born and I graduated in 1984. Chiropractor for 1984. Graduate. I, I, I knew I wanted to be a chiropractor and I graduated when I was 22. I just went right for it. That's awesome. So what was your first experience with chiropractic? How were you called to chiropractic? Well, as you know, I'm from New Jersey. And uh, mm -hmm. at the time I was living in North Jersey in Rockaway, New Jersey, Mars County. And my mm -hmm. uncle was a, a chiropractor. And this is kind of an interesting story. I, I don't know if I can make it shorter, but basically he went to uh, a chiropractic college where it was like all about, you know, cricks and backaches and neck sprains. And, and so after he became a chiropractor, you know, we'd go visit his office, but it wasn't really about, um, you know, I, my brother and I never got adjusted because we didn't have back pain. We were kids, you know, and um, so I didn't really find out about chiropractic until I got really sick. I got I had encephalitis. I had this high fever. And long story short, I got my first adjustment in a, in, in the hospital in Booton, New Jersey. My uncle came in the middle of the night and gave me an adjustment. He had gone to a DE meeting that met Sid Williams and decided that, you know, the right adjustment can you know, grow hair on a cue ball. So here I went with 106 fever, spinal taps, icing me down, you name it, and uh, snuck in the hospital in the middle of the night. And by the next morning, the fever had gone up and then broke. So whatever it was, my, my innate was able to handle it. And I was 10 years old. And I don't ever remember making the decision to be a chiropractor. It was like one of those natural pay of forwards. Like, what else are you going to do? You know, you all, you all. But uh, what a life, what a life. So uh, yeah, I, I, went, I, I came to Atlanta uh, three days out of high school, did, a, did a six quarters at uh, Kennesaw and uh, went to life and banged it out. I graduated when I was 22. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've had to, I never really ran a business. I mean, you know, I worked in some retail. I, you know, I babysat at a church, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I never, uh, never ran a business and I wanted to open on my own, you know, my own office and mm -hmm. long story, another long story short, and I don't want it all to be about these stories, but I, I failed one part of the New York board. As you know, back then we would take two parts while we were in school and basically each state would give two parts, you know, a, a written and an oral. And I missed one of the parts of the uh, oral. And uh, so I. I, I went to a seminar and ran into Jim Sigafus right after I found out I failed. And he goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. You know, my parents got divorced while I was away at college. So I had my mm -hmm. mother's couch or my father's couch, you know? Right. So, so I went, I went to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and he had a practice there and he, he, he was passing it on to his daughter, but he had, had sold it and it came back to him and he was in the process of building it up and getting her going and he brought me in and uh I was there for eight months and mm -hmm. I I learned everything I know in those eight months and wow. when I was getting ready to leave 
I had that Pennsylvania license, still wanted to go to New York, but I just wanted to open yesterday, you know, like I was ready to go. So yeah. I opened in the Poconos and uh, the rest is history, as they say. I practiced there uh, 25 years, most of the time running three or four offices at a time. I moved to Atlanta 12 years ago and oh, I only saw, years. yeah, I only sold my last office up there in 2000, uh, end of 2017, August okay. of 2017. So up until the, that point for the first eight years, I was actually going up there almost every month to run the office, but I had an, I had an office down here and I had an associate here. You know, I worked a part of the time that I had an associate. I was really very active in uh, at life university i was on the board until 2017 for 14 years and wow. uh, just very involved in, in chiropractic and fortunately because my practice my practices were doing well i had the luxury of running them and actually being on the road speaking and you know doing all the other stuff that i felt like i wanted to do to contribute to chiropractic yeah you know it's it's been a fascinating life and um a couple of things I want to delve into. First of all, your chiropractic story. I wish every single chiropractic student and potential chiropractic student can hear your story um, because <clears throat> there's power in what we do as chiropractors and there's power in the human body to heal itself. And I'm just not sure that students are getting that. And I hope that they are, but I'm not sure that they're getting that. So that's the first thing that I want to say about, about your story. And then the, the second thing that I always thought was um, amazing about you, Sharon, is your ability to grow practices. So before we get into some of the other questions, because I have a lot of really important questions to ask you today, but, you know, like, how did you do it? Like, <laughs> you know, how did you, how did you find associates? How did you find the time, you know? And, and I know that you have four children, that are not so children anymore. Your grandma. Three grandsons. Three grandsons. <laughs> like, like, how'd you do it all? Like, how'd you do it? Well, um, at the, when I first started, I was like playing Monopoly. Like, I just wanted to do more and more. So I opened a practice and within a year, it was seeing like 450 patients a week. And mm -hmm. I, I really was not comfortable having money. You know, I, I remember my third month, we brought in $17,000. I, I never made that in a year, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I started to invest in real estate um, in a sense, because I said, well, if I could do it and not, you know, I, and I had this, you know, freestanding building that was about 1200 square, you know, I had this whole model. I'm like, oh, I'll just do it, do more of those. I could buy more of those, you know? So I opened a second office and I didn't realize that, you know, just like when you first start, you don't realize that there's a lot of skill necessary to be able to have CAs. You know, like mm -hmm. that's a whole being a boss of a CA is like a whole thing. Well, being oh, an yeah. associate is like that on speed. And especially when you're 24 years old and you look like you're 19, it's, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> I remember Dr. Sid used to always tell us we had to speak with authority. And I remember at one point I had to go from speaking with authority to mm -hmm. I was intimidating because I actually started looking like an authority and I was used to speaking with authority. I had to soften myself especially uh -huh. as a woman, you can't, you know, you can't come on too strong. So yeah. what ended up <laughs> happening is I, in four years, I opened four offices and mm -hmm. then I did that crazy thing. I fell in love. And then a few years later started, you know, got married, started having kids and had four kids in four years. So that 
precisely. I had two houses, a Range Rover, a Jack, you know, like all this stuff. And, you know, that's when people kept saying, you know, why do you work so much? Why do you do that? And, I, you know, I, I just have this vision um, of changing the world. I mean, I hate, I, and students can understand that. Maybe doctors can't understand that as much, but I just wanted, I just felt like if I didn't get to people, they would be living subluxated lives and not even know the difference that I felt yeah. like I was a messenger and I had to get this story out. And back to what you were saying about students. And I deal with a lot of students. I live here in Marietta. I just have two wonderful peak students that are graduating in a couple of weeks. And one of them is going back to Iceland, believe it or not, he's from Iceland. But anyway, when you deal with students, it's, um, it's, the, I, the, the model is a little bit different. Like um, I grew up with Reggie Gold and, and Sigafoos and Sid Williams. And, and we had this passion you know, like this huge fire to get this mm. message out to people. And now mm -hmm. I, I think the message has changed a little bit for most people as they graduate. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's different. And it's more holistic, I guess you'd say it. Like my uncle was not a very healthy guy and he, he actually ended up dying at 57 years old. So um, he, maybe he wasn't the role model of health, but he, he, saw a couple hundred patients a day. He couldn't get this yeah. message out. And he, you know, he actually probably physically and emotionally abused himself to do that. And I know we need balance. And I could talk about that a little bit. I'd be lying. I don't really know much about balance. <laughs> but <laughs> the message now is more like live a whole, you know, eat right, exercise, take Geritol. You know, like it's more of a whole... <laughs> A holistic model and, and and i do all that i get a massage and you know i i do all those good things i try to and i and and, and it's not that i don't advocate it but it mm -hmm. isn't the reason i wake up in the morning it is yeah. you know it, it it for me and guy reekman used to make fun of me all the time because for me it's all about subluxation yeah and and subluxated people don't know the difference and that yeah. they don't even know they don't even get to you know have a choice and i think going through this pandemic, it was eye-opening to how, I'm going to say this, not nice, but how ignorant people really are mm -hmm. to their body's own ability and, and their own, their, their own um, immunity. You know, I, I, so many people afraid to get adjusted because they were afraid to leave their houses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would be afraid to be subluxated through some of these things. Cause I, I, you know, uh, we all have some pre-existing, right? I'm right. old enough to be have pre-existing. So, uh, you know, I didn't miss a week of getting adjusted, but I had patients that came to me for years and then they stopped getting adjusted through this. And I also had people that, um, you know, I really, I really thought they got it. Now mm -hmm. to this day, I'll get people to say, Hey, I got, I got the sniffles. I'm not going to come in. I'm afraid I'm going to give you something. Mm-hmm. And, and they, then the level of fear that people live with yeah. and live, you know, I just had, I have a new patient coming in tomorrow. The woman has said she, she's an older woman. And she said, she said that she's only left her house. She has only left her house a few times since this started. Yeah. So she's really hurting to come to me. She doesn't know me. And yeah. um, that, that, let you know, I, I mean, we could argue whether, you know, all this is real or not real or, you know, all the different theories that leave that aside. Can yeah. you imagine 
if you really believed everything that you saw on the news and you were living in that reality, how subluxating can that be? Yeah. We've never lived in a time where people didn't need what we had. The, the trick is, is to get them to listen to us because there's such a, a preponderance of fear that, mm -hmm. that they want to, you know, so many people just want to go with what status quo is because they don't want they don't want to take any chances. And, you know, it's like if my kid has a fever and I don't do I don't take him to the emergency room, mm -hmm. then, you know, and something, God forbid, happens, then I was a terrible mother. I, mm -hmm. If I take him to the emergency room and something terrible happens, it's not my fault right? because I, I did, you know, I took him to the emergency room. Right. So it's a scary, scary time to be a parent, but it's also a, a great opportunity if, if you can touch people. Um, but the most important thing, and, and you know this because you're in practice a long time, is the chiropractic message is like really cool. Just like the message that if you go to the gym three times a week, you're going to live a healthier life. So there's lots of cool messages out there. We happen to have picked this message and this, this is our passage, uh, you know, our passion, but they're but they need to connect with us. They need to trust us. I think people's overall uh, feeling of trust towards any kind of doctor has decreased so significantly that yeah. everything you tell them, they, you know, they look at you like, you know, really, you know, like they have to, yeah, that rapport is so important and that connecting is mm -hmm. more important than ever. And as you know, you know, if you want to have a high volume practice, you got to learn how to connect quickly and be yeah. living in that moment so that you can, you know, uh, connect with enough people to make that significant shift that you're hoping to make. Yeah, especially in today's day and age with everything that you just talked about, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a different world. And, in, you know, and you're, you know, we're both in practice and it's certainly a different world. Um, practicing today than it was, you know, just four years ago, for sure. Um, <clears throat> and gosh, there's so much I want to say about what you said, and I can go off in so many different directions, but it's, it's important because, <clears throat> you know, I, I know, you know, Stu Bittman, right? He's a good friend of ours. Sure. And he and I are going to be putting together like a short um, episode podcast here in the next couple of months on um, on the psychological warfare that's been going on. And that's really what it is that you're talking about is that, is that the people have been, you know, the media and whoever is running the show, I call them the puppeteers, right? Whoever is running the show here um, is using psychological tactics and psychological warfare to, to wire people to have these certain belief systems. And um, you, as a chiropractor, man, we got to be able to make a connection and make a connection fast and be able to communicate what we do because um, it's in today, it's, it's always been about saving lives, but I think more so today than any other time that I've been alive. And that, that now we're questioned. I think that for a long time, being a principal chiropractor, I was able to kind of, you know, like be off the screen, you know, like I, I just kind of, you know, let's kind of hung out. You know, I've always, I've always <laughs> Reggie will roll over in his grave tears, but I've always accepted insurance and I've worked with patients with that. And, and mm -hmm. just, you know, like kind of, you know, a little bit in that medical world and living in, you know, like one hand in, in each side so that mm -hmm. people, you know, will, 
connect and and be able you know to take away some of the you know the the, the barriers for their care financially mm-hmm. with insurance and stuff and 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 so it's it's always been dual messaging because my whole goal mm-hmm. is to get them under care for the rest of their life you know i mean i you know everyone comes in with an ache or a pain but the trick is is to to convert them from that understanding to being proactive and some mm-hmm. people never will some people, you know, that, you know, uh, you hopefully will attract people that that have that capacity to go outside of the box mm-hmm. and bring, you know, go home and bring their kids in to get checked. You know, mm-hmm. we're hoping that we can reach that population. But but then you have, you know, you have all kinds of stuff. And and so it gives you an opportunity to be more and more grounded. And, and that's what I wanted to touch on. And, and what's changed for me in the last few years is, is my morning preparation. I, I'm up for hours before I go in the office. I, I watch med- meditation uh, uh, videos. I, I stretch. I exercise. I eat healthy. I take the dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. I do some breathing exercises. Like when I go, I want, you know, I used to just roll out of bed and, you know, show up at the office. But now there's a lot of preparation because I want to be 100%. I want to be ready for all the people that I can serve. And, and the more I can get out of, out of my own junk, mm-hmm. the more I am there to serve. And that's what it's all about. But our own junk, you know, has gotten heavier. You know, life has gotten heavier. So we have to be lighter. Yeah. You know, so many times I've had patients after I x-rayed them say, hey, doc, I feel better already. And I just <laughs> x-rayed them. But yeah. it was because they were in the office and they felt the vibration and they felt the energy. And if yeah. you can, if you can be on purpose and you can have that energy and be in that right space, then you're even more attractive. You know, I've always talked about how you can build a practice from attraction or promotion. Promotion mm-hmm. is, you know, advertising and screenings and dinners. And I've done all of it. I, I've, I have written a book on it. But when <laughs> when you when you are right on the inside, yeah, then it is just the phone starts ringing. Yes. You know, you're, you're attractive because you're a light. And because if everyone else is dull, then your light being bright is even, even, even going to attract more of the, you know, it's going to knock out even more darkness. So yeah. it is a great opportunity. And I, I, it's really, you know, pulled apart the men from the women or the boys from the girls or whatever. And the, mm-hmm. you know what I'm trying to say? Because, yeah. you know, you, ha- you have to really be strong in the principle. And I don't know. And I think I could be wrong about this, but, you know, I have a, I have a patient that owns a gym. I have another patient that owns a kind of new age store. I mean, people, you know, people are finding alternatives and there's, there's lots of people that are doing fit physical therapies bigger than ever. There's lots of physical things out there and, and, you know, and spiritual and emotional, all the, those things are out there, but what is it that makes me unique? What can right. I do that a physical therapist can't do? They might be able to manipulate, but they don't have my philosophy. They don't yeah. understand that a newborn should be checked. I'm, I'm, I'm going to a birth in a few weeks, a home birth. That is the biggest, you know, I, and I'd like to tell you that all my patients take care of a lot of pregnant women. I, I, I never can, you can't imagine how many of them wait before they bring the babies in. You know, and I'm like, do you think I would do anything to hurt your children? But again, it's, you know, the, it's, it's that fear factor. And, yeah. and, and so we, we can't combat fear with more fear or us getting angry or us getting arrogant about it. We, mm-hmm. we c- combat that fear with love. Mm-hmm. 
by loving them no matter what they say. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them say some pretty stupid things, right? <laughs> but if you could love them anyway, then that love is that light. And yeah. that's that's why I feel like I was put here to share to share that light. And and my light is about lifetime care. My life is about taking care of people from the minute they're born till their last breath and, and having people. And even if it's not me and I've built, I've, I guess my, one of my claims to fame is that I've built three practices. And when I sold them, they were seeing over 600 patients a week. Yes. And, and now I'm, I'm in the process of building one here in Georgia. I went back in a few years ago and we're growing and I can tell you that if you want a big practice, you could have one, but I'm going to tell them something because you know this, Nicole, it's a lot of effing work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of people that sit in my, I call it a better results workshop. Now my new patient orientation, there's mm -hmm. tons of people that sit, sit through that then and I never see them again, or I see them yeah. for their first three months of care and they disappear at their re-exam. Right. And, right. and, and we can get frustrated about it, or we can get diligent about being better at it, being better at communicating. Before, when somebody had a $4 co-payment, I didn't have to be as good as, you know, getting people to prepay cash now. But I'll tell you what, when somebody prepays cash, you got a much better patient. You got somebody invested in it, somebody that's committed to it, not just coming to you because you happen to be in their insurance plan. Yeah, totally agreed. There's no doubt. Um, Sharon, let's go back a little bit because one of the things you touched on that I think is really important is, you know, when when you and I graduated, I remember graduating and just being completely on fire. Like it was it was like I couldn't wait to get out and start serving people, start serving the humanity, like just had this this vision of or this this dream, this vision of creating a high volume practice. And although it is a lot of friggin quote unquote work. Um, it didn't feel like work because you're just, you know, we were just so on fire and, and um, we we're just moving toward bringing chiropractic to the world. And I don't see that anymore in students that are graduating. Well, there's the cream of the crop. Uh, I, I beg to differ. And it, you know, I, mm -hmm. even when we graduated, most people didn't graduate like that. It's really? always that. <laughs> no, that's always that five 10%. It, you know, I, I remember back when I was in the Poconos, I belonged to the Rotary and it was a big Rotary. There was like 50 women, 50, not women, men and women there all the time. But if you looked at it, it was the same damn five people that changed. One was the president one year and the vice president the next year. And then the, you know, they, it was the same handful of people. I think that's how it's going to so go. You think it's the same? Yeah, I do. I, I, maybe there, maybe it's a smaller percentage because there's more fear because there's more money on it. They're afraid mm -hmm. of the student loans. Right. And, and, and the I get that. Uh, things are a little bit different. Like when I got out of high school, the only place to go is to college. You go to college, you get your career. Yeah. Here um, in, the, in, in, the, in this economic environment, people are looking at whether it's economically feasible to owe that much money to start mm -hmm. a career. You mm -hmm. know, so... Um, I think because of the internet, which I love, uh, you know, my kids will tell you, I'm always looking something up, but um, because of that, we're more in our head and less in our heart. Mm -hmm. So, so, so we, we, we let the voices of the world get in more. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that, you know, and, and 
that's what we, you know, we need to teach the students that they don't have to watch the news. You know, they yeah. don't have to be, you know, a living historian to what's going on, the horrible, you know, in Europe right now, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you want to be effective at delivering the goods, you need to do what you need to do to be ready to deliver the goods. And uh, so, so winners hang around with winners. So that's what I tell my students when I send them to school, they need to hang around. They need to go to things like new beginnings or LCW, or they yeah. will be lost or they'll turn into uh, health coaches. <laughs> Again, yeah. I'm not putting it down, but they're, but they're out there. The health coaches are out there. So why are we trying to be a health coach? See, I don't think here, here's the bottom line, Nicole. I don't think they get how powerful an adjustment is. <laughs> they don't realize that when you, when you release that innate ability to heal that mm -hmm. God within, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. the thing that took the two cells in the back of a Chevy laid on a Saturday <laughs> night and turn it into a person. If they got how powerful that is, mm -hmm. then they would have passion. And that's what a lot of yeah. them are missing because it's hard to get passionate about uh, curves. And I'm all about curves yeah. and I think people should, everybody should get a cervical curve. I really do. Yeah. I think, I think it's a very important, it's the arc of life. I'm not putting that down, Yeah. but I'm, it. you know, it, it, we've turned into posture doctors. Yeah. We turned into, to, you know, um, vitamin doctors or healthy water doctors or all these things are good. Again, I'm not putting yeah. any of it down. <laughs> it's the, yeah. you know, it's the best we got. Mm -hmm. But nothing's better than putting your hand on somebody and letting the, the wisdom of the ages be released in their body so that, that they can heal. Nothing yeah. is as magic as that. And I think that a lot of chiropractors and the ones you're describing minimize mm -hmm. that and try to turn chiropractic into another therapy. Yeah. You know, I know. And I just, I'm so in love with chiropractic and, and what we get to do every day. I just, I want every student to, to feel that in their body. Like I want every student to feel that. And I guess it goes back to your, you know, your daily rituals, you know, because, because you mentioned earlier that you get up uh, many hours before you, you know, get into practice and you have these daily disciplines that you do. And I think that goes back to that as well in being disciplined enough to you know, to stay out of the media, to stay out of the news and keep your head where it needs to be. And to, and to make sure you have, you have a backup system. See, I, I think that, that people think that everything's supposed to go good and, and, you know, they don't think of the backup system. It's like, I had this associate one time and anytime an insurance company asked for information or a patient quit and you told her, she'd be like, like literally her eyes would get this big. I, I, mm -hmm. and I, I was like, you know what, if there's something that can make your eyes that big, it, it's going to keep on happening. You know, you got <laughs> so and what do you have, you know, like, uh, have you ever had a bad day? Yeah. Of course. Right. So what do you do? Do you have, do you have, you have a handful of your phone of friends, people you can call? Do you have a spiritual practice? Do you have, you know, what do you have? Do you have a person that you, you know, your person, you have to have something because it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it, almost it every day. How much you meditate in the morning, <laughs> crappy things happen sometimes. Like stuff happens every day. <laughs> yeah, most of it good, but you know it yeah. goes along with that whole the whole chiropractic principle. See, people take drugs very often because they don't want to feel anything, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And we, you know, like my kids would, would do something stupid and they, you know, like get dehydrated from sports and they get a headache. And I told them to go on the couch and drink a bunch of water and watch some TV or relax. You know, mm-hmm. I never would think to have them take an aspirin like that. And, and to this day, that's just not where we go with it. Yeah. When you teach a child uh, when they're young to look for an answer, an answer outside of themselves when, when they're not feeling well, because they're supposed to feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. then you're setting you're setting your whole life up for possible alcohol or drug abuse but also for disappointment because that's not how life works and right. and and you know what if you didn't feel the bad things the good things wouldn't feel near near as good if you numb right. yourself out you're numb yeah you got to be bold enough to live and I, you know, you talk to a lot of students that don't want to have big practices. And I think it, it, it's back to that radar screen. They want to be off the radar screen. They don't want you know, you're on the radar screen, you know, they take shots at you once in a while. Like, you know, like there's more vulnerability. If you start yeah. 70 new patients a month versus three, there's probably going to be a few that don't like you in 70 yeah. or a few that don't like chiropractic or a few that say stupid things that hurt your feelings, whatever it is. Yeah. I remember you or, you know, whatever it's it's a bigger game. Yeah. I remember John Madeira used to call it, um, rubber bullets. You know, you're, you're afraid of the bullet, but you get hit a few times and you realize that the bullet is just a rubber bullet. It bounces right off. I love that analogy. I always remembered from him. Yeah. So, so we wanted to play big, not necessarily because it was about the money, but it was, it was about playing big. And, yeah. and for me, I had hundreds of people visit me when I practiced in the Poconos and I was able to show them that you could have a family practice, charge an affordable fee and take mm-hmm. care of tons of people and, and love your life. Yeah. And, and so you and I, we live as, you know, our success is an example to others. And um, I can't imagine, you know, doing anything, you know, here I am. Uh, you know, so many years on the road speaking and putting on seminars. And I did a doctor's report the other day and a, a patient said, told me I should be a professional speaker. So that <laughs> have time. So anyway, I did it. I did a big circle. And what am I doing? You know, in my six, 60th year, almost th- 38 years in practice is what I'm doing on day one is I'm moving atlases as I'm yeah. checking legs and I'm, and I'm, I'm giving patients coupons to refer their friends because not because of the money, but because their friends might not have ever been to a chiropractor before and might yeah. be suffering needlessly. Like they said, back, to, back to basics. And I've heard it said that if you don't, if you don't leave the basics, you don't have to go back to basics. Ooh, and with me, like yeah, even, even though things are different, you know, I, I'm running Facebook. I used to run a whole you know, a thousand dollars a month in the Pocono record. Now, now Google AdWords, you know, I, I mean, it looks different how we, how we reach the people. The important thing is that we reach the people and yes. I never feel more alive than when I'm leaning over an adjusting table. Awesome. Awesome. So before we wrap up today, can you give us a, the scoop on what's happening with the LCW? And um, I know you got a student club going with LCW. So can you talk to us about that? So uh, 14 of us got together at Chateau Elan here in Atlanta. Got to go to a winery. And we decided <laughs> most, of it, most of us were in practice 20 plus years. We thought 
Wouldn't it be cool? Isn't it time that we redefine success for women? I mean, I've been on, on stages forever speaking about chiropractic, but I also have your typical male success financially, you know, multiple practices. I've had over a hundred associates mm -hmm. in, in 37 years, but what about somebody that chooses to be a stay at home mom that sees some patients in the spare room of the house right. or what, you know, um, what about two women that decide to practice together so they can cover each other's maternity leave? Mm -hmm. We wanted to change what it looked like to be successful in chiropractic. It's over 50% of the students in school now are women. And, and yet very few of the administrators comparatively are women. Not, you know, the guest speakers, I can't tell you how many times I'd go in and talk to a class at a chiropractic college and they said I was the first practicing woman come speak to them. It's a different day. It's a different day. Women, somebody's got to have our backs. So we decided it would be us. So uh, this month is 10 years ago. I was the president for the first four years. We had a few presidents. And then a couple of years ago, right when pan the pandemic started, I thought maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll make another go at it. So I'm, I'm currently the president uh, and we're having a phenomenal, actually we've already uh, hit all of our goals um, as far as uh, attendance, but we, we can probably take about 10 more people. So I don't know when people are gonna hear this, but it's, it's uh, St. Patty's Day weekend. We have a, about 15 or 17 women speakers. We're oh, spending cool. the afternoon on the beach doing yoga and talking to each other and, and uh, you know, eating our meals together. And we actually, with the blessings of Selena Sigafoos, who, Sigafoos Jackson, who is our, our uh, treasurer, um, we are calling this, this particular event, the LCW Gathering. And, nice. Um, Yes. And every November we have an event in Scottsdale and a beautiful resort out there. And, and that's a retreat, but this is actually not a retreat. This is a regroup and go get them, you know, and, and meet, you know, I, I think when the powerful women in the profession hang out with the powerful women in the profession, then there's like a whole new thought. There's a whole new creation. Yes. Well, women are, women are magnificent creators. Like that's what we do. We literally create. <laughs> yes. And, and yet, you know, people were, you know, like a lot of men were against us when we started it, you know, I, really? I, I yeah, because I, like, no. why do you have to separate it out? Why does there need to be another group? And um, I always said, you know, the only people I like better than women are men. So <laughs> it's definitely not a man, a man hating group. And mm -hmm. we stand for subluxation focused. <clears throat> Got that word? My patients all know that word. Subluxation yeah. <laughs> focus, drugless, because actually 10 years ago, that was a big deal. Not to say it's oh, not going to be again, but that was right. when New Mexico was going on. Yes. And, and um, vitalistic. And our, our mission is to have women in chiropractic to thrive. Nice. So it, 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 the definition, so we have all kinds of practitioners uh, in women chiropractors, because that's pretty open. And we wanted it to be, we want to support women in getting what they want. And, um, awesome. and we also are a voice for, you know, we've gotten a lot of women on stages at chiropractic seminars that never in the past would have been invited to. So we did have a lot of chapters that was sort of our lifeblood. And again, through COVID and whatever, that's kind of, so, so we're getting like this phenomenal chapter going at 
life. And uh, I'm sure some of the other schools will pick it up again. And so that the students have a place to, you know, my favorite thing they do is sips and suds. They, they go out and then they, they uh, paint a lateral spine, you know, and everyone has to paint the same thing, uh-huh. you know, like, yeah, um, usually they'll get 40, 50 women, they'll, they'll sell it out. You know, just nice. women wanting to be together, you know, yeah. different cabin experiences and, different, you know, and one of the things we do as an organization, not for students, but for everyone, is that we'll meet and have a breakfast or have a cocktail hour at events that already are going on, like New Beginnings. We oh, got yeah. 70, 70 members. Our first, our, our first ask, we got 70 members on the spot to join. Wow. Yeah. And we, at our height, we had over a thousand members and six figures in the bank. And we're, nice. we're rapidly heading back that way because we need that voice. We need, we need a voice in the profession and be yeah. a force for good and a place that we can, we can make a difference. And, you know, years ago, I, I, you know, I'm from early DE days and Sid would walk over to people and tap them on their you know, arm mm-hmm. and say, he tapped Jerry Clum on the arm and said, Hey, go out to California, you know, uh, be the president of life West or, you know, like, Here's the deal. Men mentor men. Mm-hmm. If we want to be mentored, if we want to, you know, and, and men are going to do what they're going to do. And that's awesome. You know, there's a yin and a yang. And, yeah. and they, 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 we got, they stepped up and did the male part. We need yeah. to step up and do the female part. We need to have it be okay to be that voice. And most of our board members in the last 10 years have been on other boards as a result of being on yeah. our board and still serve on our board. So many of the women have, have grown to be coaches and, you know, just yeah. were able to fill their potential because there's a safe place that it's okay for you to reach yeah. your potential. And it's okay yeah. for you to try and not reach your potential. And you come back and get an add a boy or an add a girl and then go, go all for it again. Now I, 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 I don't want this to be a, a, a woman only talk because I think men need the same thing. They just need their version of it. Yeah. But the woman's version, you know, wasn't there. And, and now, now it is. Yeah. Well, I, I love it, Sharon. I think what you guys are doing is amazing for women in our profession and just women in general. So thank you for leading that ship for us. That's awesome. All oh, right. Thank you. Oh, it's a, no, you're welcome. Um, one last question, and then we're going to wrap up, but it's my favorite question. If you had a chiropractic student right now sitting in front of you, what would be one piece of advice you would give that student? And just one, what's like your top piece? Oh, suck it up. Suck it all in. (laughs) You know, it it always outrages me when chiropractic students, especially the ones that go to the schools we know they teach chiropractic, they they like, oh, there's no philosophy, there's no chiropractic, or, or there's no business. There's all of that. Mm-hmm. There's no mentors. There's tons of mentors. You've got to make it your bit. Don't sit there passively waiting for everything to fall in your lap because when you get out of school, it don't work that way either. Get up. The people mm-hmm. that were leaders of my class and, and of the organizations when I was in school are, I, I could, if I list them, you know, their names because they became the leaders of the profession. Yes. And, and if you do it while you're in school, if you become president of a club in school, then you have, the field doctors to mentor you and to pull you up. But if you sit there like, like, you know, like a rock, you're not going to challenge yourself. It's not like you're going to, you're going to open the door of an office and the patients are going to come flowing in. Yeah. Chiropractic is work, but it's the best work I know of. 
Yeah, agreed. And I think that's especially true for some reason in chiropractic. Like I feel like more than any other profession, chiropractors that are in practice, that are the adults of the profession, so to speak, like we are thriving. We thrive on helping students. We thrive when a person comes to us and says, hey, I have a situation or, or can you help me with this? Like I've never seen oh, yeah. a chiropractor, you know, not want to help somebody out. We're just lovers. That's who we are. And it's, it's great that you're making that connection. I had a crazy experience about a month ago. I wanted to start a new beginnings club. I'm talking to Jim DeBell and on the student committee. And I ha I've kind of been out of the loop with the chiropractic students because I've been so busy practicing. And I went on campus to their club day and I walked around and most of the students didn't know who I was. So I would say, hi, I'm Sharon Gorman. They said, nice to meet you. I say, um, have you ever heard of new beginnings? No. So now they didn't hear about me and they didn't hear about new beginnings. And I said, you know, I, I want to help the students start a philosophy club that will eventually be attached and hopefully support these group of doctors that want to have input and want to. How do I join? How, every one of them. How do I? Because I talked to the president of the attorney, president of sorority, president of uh, LCW. The, how, how do we how do we do that? Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes that connection isn't made, even though when you're in practice for a while, that's, that's what you want to do. You want to give back to the students. Yeah. But it, 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 it's not in a traditional way. Like, you know, you can't take a megaphone and stand outside of their classroom. Well, you, <laughs> could, you can. You could. <laughs> you could. Or you could send them to school and then when they're in school, you could, uh, you know, have them bring their friends around. I don't know. Or the peak program yeah. I've, I've mentored, but I, um, yeah. I did, I did mention I have four kids. Right. And yeah. that's why I moved down here because three of them wanted to go to life. And my oldest daughter is my partner in that she runs the office. She decided to do that end of it. And okay. then I have a daughter that got married and has three, my three grandsons. And then I have my younger two are both at, at life now. Nice. Yeah. So, and, and they've got to follow whatever dream they want, you know, but, but, um, um, I, I, I remember my middle daughter at one point, she never wanted to be a chiropractor. She always wanted to be a stay at home mom, believe it or not. And I told her you didn't get that for me, but anyway, she, and, and, and she got her wish, but yeah. she said, you know, my, I've thought about being a school teacher and she was, you know, it was about halfway through the program and she got out of it. She said, the reason I got out of it is because I see how you love being a chiropractor. I see, mm -hmm. I see how you look forward to going to the office. And mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way about teaching. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, I don't really care what my kids do, but I just, you know, I hope, and I, when I hold my one-year-old twin grandsons, I hope that they could find the joy in whatever profession they pick that I have. I, I don't know anyone richer than me. When I do my grateful list, forget about money doesn't have to be on there. Yeah. I could write, I could write a, a hundred gratefuls at the drop of a hat. Yeah. I have so much to be grateful for. Becoming a chiropractor is right at the top of the list. So yeah. if, if they knew, and I, I often, when I speak to students, I say, if you knew how, what, what a fun, phenomenal life you're going to have, what a fantastic career, how many lives you're going to be able to touch and change. If you knew that you would have trouble sitting in that chair, listening to me. Yeah. You'd be true. floating around. 
Yeah. And that's they got what their I whole want. life ahead of them. Yeah. That's what I want for every every chiropractic student. Me too. Me too. So it is almost coming to the end of an hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> Time nice. flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. Thank All you right. so much for having me. It's been Thank an honor. You. Oh, thank, it's been my honor. You have no idea. It's been my honor. Will I see you in May at New Beginnings? You, I, I'm hoping to be there with a bus lot of students. <laughs> that, that'd be awesome. I got, I got a surprise about that. Guess what? What? I'm, I'm going to be sharing for the first time. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I can't wait. Now I have another reason to go to New <laughs> Beginnings. Me neither. <laughs> You'll All do right. great. All right, everybody. Another week of Taproot Conversations with an amazing chiropractic woman. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.